You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I'm your host, the football Grump. With me, as always, is Mike, the Cranky Fan, and it is a wonderful Thursday to be talking to you. It's a wonderful Thursday if you are a Rays fan. I know all of you Yankee and Met fans, your baseball season ended in May, but for some of us out there, we are actually in a pennant race, and we just started a big series with Baltimore. And a playoff intensity game, you could still see the sweat on my face, sweating out a big 4-3 win. So I'm trying to move on for the uh, the emotional uh, chaos of this past Sunday night's giant game. And this was a big thing to me to help, to help me move on with my life. So I'm feeling good for right now until we blow a lead tomorrow night. But that's where we are. How are you, Grump? I'm doing good. Um, fans who were at the Monday night Meadowlands game, do we think that they got the best game that you could possibly go to at the Meadowlands this year? Making like a prediction after only one week. Uh, uh, if you're a Jet fan, absolutely not. Because I think the, the, um, no, no, no. no. But I mean, for, for a game, not the, I understand the season's over the moment he's down, whatever, but that was to go to a game like that, where you see him go down the first drive, you're sure everything's over, and then Zach Wilson comes in there and wins the game for you on an overtime punt return against yeah. a division rival. I mean, I don't think you get on a walk-off overtime punt return. I don't think you get a better viewing experience contained in the bubble, right? Yeah, I would say I think it's a better experience for someone like us who really has absolutely no skin in the game as a Jet fan. I, I really think if that was my team and something is not only is like you know your quarterback. Probably he's gone for the year, but it has been, you know, built up for so many months. And you're like, this is the, this team's coming together. I think I would just still be in such a shit of shock. That I'd be watching that game just kind of numb, honestly. Yeah, I mean, also, I don't know. You're in the mindset of a season ticket holder. Like, if if you had yeah. tickets to only one game a year, and that was the game you got to go to, that's not bad. That's pretty oh, cool. I guess just as far as a game, yeah. That's yeah, pretty, that's what I mean. Pretty pretty exciting. Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. Um, I would like to be at MetLife for a Giants win where the the lights go off and a walk-off at a night game. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> you know, I, w- I do want to give a fart to uh, Darius Slay because, you know, first of all, that guy's a dick anyway. You know, that whole Eagle team is. But his comment after the injury was, well, we all know MetLife sucks and, th- and that turf sucks, so it's not a surprise. He hasn't even played on it yet. He hasn't even played on it, and it's not the same turf that he has played on before. I mean, I, you knew this was going to happen. You know, the Players Association all of a sudden, you know, bring, puts out a statement that every field should have grass, and you know, it, you know, it's just again. Look, wait, hang on though. I'll, I'll yeah. just say this much: if that's what the players want, I understand what the struggle is. Like, it's a very expensive call to have maintain well maintained grass fields it's really expensive and if owners don't want to do it i understand where the headbanging is me personally i don't give a shit i just want everyone to shut up about it not every i'm just sick of like every injury being blamed on something other than the fact that it's a collision sport 
Yeah. And that a man is 39 and turning 40 this year. And also having a 250-pound other person fall very violently on the back of him. Like, right. Like, like all these other things don't matter. That's all. I just want the whole argument to be over with. If the players want grass, give them the fucking grass. Just pay the money. I don't care anymore. Just make I them mean, feel – I don't – just don't give a shit. Well, I mean it's just like it's, – it's silly because remember when we had the old turf field at the old Giant Stadium, they had like that – you know, it was a terrible grass field. It was on those trays. It was awful. Oh, the, you, the it one, was like cement you mean? Right. Like the, the old – like the, the uh, Giants Stadium? Yeah, the old giant stadium. Yeah, that was, shit is like rocks. I mean, people forget how bad the turf is, the the, the grass was in Washington. Pittsburgh always looks like garbage because they, you know, they play the Steelers and Pitt, you know, the Panthers play there also. So it, you know, it's just it's an easy it's an easy out and it's an easy excuse. But again, you know, for someone to be as some or someone like Darius Slay who you know is a mouthpiece and says something that's completely ignorant about it. You just sound like an asshole, and it just builds a narrative that's not true at all. So screw him. Yeah, fuck him. Um, and like I was saying, so I, I would I would like to this year be at a night game at MetLife for a Giants win in overtime or something where we, they can shut down the lights and just have the LEDs and fireworks. That's really that's really cool. Uh, I was I was pretty jealous of people who got to be there for that fans who were there. That was that looked like a cool thing. And we're kind of in a situation now. We're going to transition to game talk here for a minute. Um, remember the rules changed this year, so if the Giants go and play the Arizona Cardinals, who will not have their starting quarterback and have already given away assets, appear to be in a fire sale and tanking the season. If they lose this game, the Giants, do we think, are already going to get flexed out of Week 4 Monday night? Can they start the flexing this early in the season? I think they start. it's it's the whole year. It can flex at any moment. Or if it's not Week 4, I'm just saying, do you think that they already get flexed out of a night game? Because they're in several this year. Do you think that possibility starts already? Absolutely. I mean, if this team if this team stinks, they're they won't be on 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 prime time. It's very so, simple. On the one hand, I almost want to lose this game to get out of some prime time games and then pick things up for the rest. On the other hand, I don't want to lose this. I don't want to lose any game ever. I no, hate that, pri- that, I hate prime time games. That's all that I'm saying. That might be your worst take you've ever had. I, I didn't <laughs> say it was a take. I said on the one hand, that was not my conclusion. No. Anyway, I, during yeah, that, the Just Giants preview episode of the Giants at Cardinals, yeah. I will be drinking more beer by Zigmeister Brewing. I, I'm gonna make a case. Maybe you should stop drinking after that one because I did. That was not a take. <laughs> Jesus, man. <laughs> Ugh. Boo! Yeah. Boo you, boo this. I'm editing ouch, this out. Ouch, ouch. No, no, no. I saved it, so... <laughs> uh, why am uh, I promoting my... a... Hey, shut the hell up. God damn it, let me do my fucking thing. Why am I promoting a beer for no money? Because they're a relatively small company that makes a quality product and deserve advertising by word of mouth by their satisfied customers such as me. A situation that is not completely unlike the podcast that you are listening to right now. So please follow my lead and have a beer by Zigmeister Brewing and share this podcast with your other fellow Giants fans. What do you want to do? What do you keep going with your stupid, that was the worst take you've ever had, even though it wasn't a take, you were in the middle of a sentence, not the end? Uh, (laughs) No, I I do want to say one thing, though, about the... uh, 
you know, the the Giants think on prime time, you know, narrative also is going on. And it's true. The record the Giants have had on on Thursday nights, Sunday nights, Monday nights has been bad. But because usually more likely than not, you're playing really good teams and the Giants have not been good for the last decade. And yeah, you can stop you right know, there. They haven't even been good. So they haven't, they haven't been good on yeah. prime time. They haven't been good. It's not a. It's not, it's not a. <laughs> it's it's not that a that problem's not confined not to a, prime time. What? I said that problem's not been confined to prime time. That's exactly. just been the problem. That's my whole point. It's just like, oh, Daniel Jones can't win in prime time, or there's a prime time curse. It's like, no, we are not a good. We have not been a good team, and on prime time they do one of two things. They put really good teams on primetime or teams that just happen to be popular and get TV ratings. And as much as the Giants suck, we do draw a rating. So there's no mystery behind it. There's no curse. There's no you know, stigmata about the Giants, why they can't win. The fact is we have just not been good, and we play good teams. We're going to play Dallas every year, at least one game on primetime. We're going to play Philly one game on primetime. They're good teams. It's the way it goes. So don't let – I'm tired of these tired takes that these guys have. These talking heads saying stupid shit. Do they and they think they're witty and funny about it. It's like, or, or, or that they're like blowing your mind. Like, listen to this: the yeah. Giants haven't won in prime time in 12 years. It's like, okay, Brian Dable has nothing to do with anything that happened 12 years ago. Neither does Daniel Jones. I I don't give it any shits about historical records year-to-year records i like when people spout those out i just i'm over here like okay uh uh-huh sure Mm -hmm. i don't care it's not interesting to me um in any in any case hang on i don't enough that that we've had our vent session um give me an emotional check uh you're already ranting and raving so you're still feeling hot and sour about sunday night have you moved on uh sounds like you're still a little heated over giants takes uh, I'm giant. I'm more heated over takes than I am the Giants themselves. To be very honest, uh, again, that's why I really try to avoid talking head shows and all that garbage. I mean, you know, I listen to good, listen to talking Giants, listen to Patty Trainer show, listen to those things for good things. I had the misfortune, like I said, of having to miss my flight on Sunday and come back Monday, and I was in an airport coming back and. There was some talking head show on ESPN, and it is amazing the garbage they talk about. That I really felt getting dumber and dumber as I was not even watching it. I was just in the the, the airport, and it was just on, and it was just kind of permeating my skin. So that's what's really annoying me. But as for the Giants themselves, you know, I, I my my thoughts at this moment are, you know. What is issues that can be taken care of now in season versus things we're just going to have to worry about next offseason? We, we have said all along that we are trying to juggle a rebuild with all of a sudden having some success and trying to be a playoff contender as well. And I think we try to put the rebuild part in our, the back part of our brain. So, you know, I think this is something I wanted to talk to you about today, Grump, was, you know, what can be done – Specifically, you know, on the offensive line to help with the pass, uh, pass protection that we can make adjustments to now versus, you know, these are this is the girl we brought to the dance with and we have to dance with her until next year. Uh, well, I see. 
I don't know. Maybe I could break it up the percentages. There's a much higher percentage that this is just the 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 woman we brought to prom. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of that I think comes from this is officially the assemble of assembly of Joe Shane's offensive line, right? At this point, every member here, the, the only two inherited members that are starters are guys that he likes and developed a little bit. Uh, I don't, whatever, forget the development. But these are two guys that he decided he liked. Andrew Thomas got a big extension. He clearly likes him, even though he didn't draft him. Ben Bredesen was traded here before him, but he is the one who has fought his way up the depth chart and earned that spot. He's clearly been the best other holdover we've had. Um, he drafted John Michael Schmitz. He brought Mark Lewinsky in as a free agent. He drafted, drafted. Evan Neal. So... This is his line. So some of that is a little bit of hurt ego, I think, maybe holding back. You know, like, give it time, give it time. And that, I'm not saying that that's right or wrong, but I think mm-hmm. that that's an element. Um, but I do think – and also the other thing is going to be availability. But that being said, if teams are in a fire sale, they're in a fire sale. So that means their phone is ready to be ringing for whatever. So if there is a guy who is playing well on a team that isn't, and they are ready to take his contract off the books or whatever. There's, I don't, I don't think that that precludes, you know, a, a midseason trade. And if it's a guy who's playing well that you're willing to give up assets for and trade to make an immediate impact, he's probably good enough to not gel with the offensive line right away, but pick up the playbook fast enough to be a contributor. Uh, and you know, this thing doesn't necessarily have to happen towards the trade deadline, but it's much more likely that it will. Uh, so I think that like that's the bigger chunk of like the 85% this doesn't happen kind of mm-hmm. thing is that. Uh, so, just the fact that like it would have to happen so close to the trade deadline. It's more likely to happen there that it's not – it would be like a playoff move and you'd be banking a lot on it, you know? So it's interesting. So let's say, you know, let's say we start this season off two and five or something, you know, because we have a, we do have a very difficult schedule coming up and, uh, you know, things don't go our way. We could have a poor record yet still be buyers at the deadline. Cause usually if you're having a bad season, you are usually having a fire sale and you are giving up assets where it could be the opposite with this team where just a victim of circumstance. It's like, you know, this team is a bad record. You know, we, we dug this hole, but yet, we have the opportunity to pick up an offensive lineman like this. This team is not in blow it up mode and start over. This is still in rebuild. So th- it might be a weird scenario where we're buying with the poor record. Yeah, I mean, that would be, I, I suppose, possible. But again, this is already like, I, I think, not likely to happen. Um, mm-hmm. And and. I, I suppose that there are some offensive linemen that are sitting on couches right now, uh, I guess. I wouldn't really count on anything like that. Uh, if they're sitting on couches now, then they're probably it's not very good. Reason. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. they're not going to be coming in midseason and learning the playbook and then automatically better than Mark Lewinsky or whatever you're hoping for. Uh, I, I suppose these things are possible. Uh, I just wouldn't really think it's likely. And even even entertaining any thoughts of moving Evan Neal to guard this year would make no sense because it's his second year. Who, I'm not doing anything to screw of with course. him. Just continue who, on whatever path you're on. Just a practical standpoint, who you're replacing him with? I mean, 
Yeah. We have. No, I said that right at the begin before the year started. I cared less about the rookie corners than I did the tackle depth. To me, that's the worst thing on this O line, and it was uh, again banking on one Andrew Thomas injury away from we have literally no answer at left tackle. And Evan Neal had already had a concussion in the preseason and had to miss right. time. That's that's like, and that's also like you can't tough your way through the concussion diagnosis. That is like you have to beat the protocol. So. Exactly. That's just the timeline that it's on. So it could be weeks. You don't know. Um, and I don't believe that he was in the protocol for a short amount of time in the preseason. Don't totally remember, though. So uh, mm-hmm. maybe maybe I'm wrong about that. But I mean, I guess the only other thing you could do is try to scheme around a little bit. You know, have your tight ends in more to block. Yeah, for how know? long can you do that? I know. I mean, I, listen, we are in a bad situation. And that's, like trying, a, I, that's like a struggle to put together like two drives like that. Where yeah. it's like they're gonna know exactly what we're doing after three plays. To play yeah. more than one game like that is like an impossibility. Yeah, so that's why some of these easy, you know, sports radio answers that people have. Well, just do this, do this. That's why none of these things really make any sense. So, unfortunately, you know, again, Dallas is a tough barometer to say how good or bad you are because they are a unique defense with, you know, who go after the quarterback better than probably anybody else in the league does. Um, you know, let's see this week against Arizona to get a better gauge of, you know, how bad this line really is. And, you know, but I think we're kind of screwed this year. I mean, this might just be it. And we hope that, you know, guys don't get hurt. You know, Andrew Thomas sounds like he's, he sounds like he's iffy to play on Sunday, but Already sounds like a win because we were kind of fearing, well, what if he's out for a month? What happens? Um, but, you know, if anybody gets else gets hurt, you know, I start to fear for the, the safety of Daniel Jones. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, and Andrew Thomas has a hamstring injury that he suffered uh, in the Dallas Cowboys game chasing down the pick six. Um, so I, I guess that's sort of he, – he's kind of questionable – to play this game, it sounds like if he goes, he's certainly not going to be a hundred percent. But also, I guess you you fear that he's going to further injure himself. Um, and then with the short week coming up for Thursday against San Francisco, the conversation and the question then kind of comes as to: yeah. Do you rest him for, or 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 do you do you change the way that you manage an injured player because of the one-two game. And I say that specifically in that language because it's like the one school of thought that I've already seen floated around. There's two schools of thoughts I've seen thrown around. I'm sorry. One would be this should be the easy game. We need him for the 49ers. Rest him against the Cardinals and get him healthy enough. Because if he's already questionable, then maybe by Thursday he could be a full go or something, right? And get him against the better team. And then the other is the quite the opposite is, is you know, let him, you know, play for a little bit in this game because there's no way that we're beating the Niners. So, you know, whatever. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, to me, I said this in my opening monologue last week that, you know, the, the college is one thing. The NFL is completely different where the, the talent level between the best and worst NFL teams is not nearly as great as it is in college. Now, if this was Florida who had just played Utah and has Tennessee coming up the week after and has McNeese in the middle, yeah, you know, 
okay, we can get away with not playing this guy or something, you know, who's not 100% because we don't really need him. I don't think you can do that in the NFL. And I know Arizona is probably going to be, you know, one of the three worst teams in the league, you know, by the end of the season. But there are no guarantees in this league. None. Um, I I don't think you can look ahead in this league, you know, to say, oh, well, that's a quote unquote easier game. You know, it's still on the road. It's it's a you know, it's only by a few hours, but a shorter week that you normally have. I, you know, I think it changes. I think your thinking changes a little bit with the loss after week one than anything else. And I don't know. It's a long season. I, to me, if you're rushing guys back who may not be 100% and you aggravate Andrew Thomas's you know, hamstring or if Wondell Robinson's not quite ready to go yet, you may be causing bigger damage down the line. And, you know, if Andrew Thomas has to miss four games, eight games, again, not only are we screwed for the season, but we could end up killing a quarterback we just gave $40 million a year for. So I think personally, if it was me, I would rest these guys, not because I'm worried about an individual win or a loss. And even in this season or an easier team, it's just, I want these guys to be as healthy as I can to minimize the potential of bigger injuries. And we're really screwing everything. I think, well, I mean, I certainly agree with that. There's no guarantees in here. I I think the bigger thing is uh, I'm more worried about the prolonged injury. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like really what weighing the pros and cons of uh, what it would mean. What the you know what the percentages are of him to re-injure himself in a situation, and you know take all factors into it, not just his timetable, but also the weather, field conditions. But I, I'd certainly, I think I, I, I'm hoping that he plays. Uh, mm-hmm. I want him to stay warm. I need him to keep moving, and I think what I would like is to just put Daniel Bellinger on his side, and. Let him get some help where he doesn't have to kick all the way out. He doesn't have to worry about the edge. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, give him some help where he can kind of kick out a little bit less than his full extension of the leg. I don't know if this would work for the entirety of a game, but you know, what? Any time that you have something where you know, also just run to the right side. You know, stuff like that. They're better run blockers on the right side anyway. I'm hoping for something like that. But if it's going to hurt him to like. If there's like a serious risk to further extend his injury time, uh, I don't know, man. He's like – I think I said this like a long time ago that he's like the uh, – he's got to be the one part of the ship that's iceberg-proof. Yeah. Um, I guess this might be a silly question, but based on the fact that Daniel Jones was playing in extreme garbage time with a third string left tackle. Do you worry? Do you have it on a scale of one to 10, a little bit of like a worry that this coaching staff is like that old school mentality of, well, if he can play, he can play. Fuck it. As opposed to being cautious. Okay. No, I, as much as I don't, uh, agree with Brian Dable's reasoning at the podium for keeping Daniel in as long as he did, uh, I at least get it. I understand what he was trying to do, even if I think it was stupid. Um, I don't think it has anything to do with that. 
Um, I I do truly believe that he was trying for a spark something. I think really the thing is, is like you want your starters to at least come out of there with a touchdown, so in some capacity, for confidence sake. I I think I I think he thinks that's important. You know, to get some level of positivity out of the game in the film room the next day, or or something something tangible to show that. Uh, I don't necessarily. I, I mean, I am not in the locker room. I don't know how important that is or not, but I believe that. Um, I think it was stupid to keep Daniel in that long, though. Okay. Um, Waller ha- was rested today as a. Um, he was limited today, but listed as hamstring and rest. I think that tell. I think I think Waller is going to be okay to play. Yeah, I mean, we this happened last week too. I think they're going to this year have like a designated rest day for him throughout the season. So that that didn't raise any eyebrows to me. It's just. I just going to have that little feeling in the back of my head all year that, you know, when is he going to go down? <laughs> and, you know, I, 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 I think I texted you when we first heard the news and I was like, and it begins and you, and your response, which was the more rational one was until he misses time, there's nothing to worry about, but this is something it's going to be, you know, it's going to get, it's going to be a bit of a cause of concern for me this entire season. I'm, I'm going to be on pins and needles a little bit with it because we saw in limited things in, in preseason. And when we were at camp, what a difference maker he going to, he's going to be. And he could really be, you know, the catalyst for this passing team, you know, this, this passing attack that we have. And if he's not available, it's, it's, it's all different. So I'm going to be uh, a little worried about him. Giants have a lengthy injury report this week, but I think that most of them are probably okay. Notable ones, uh, I mean, they're all notable, but I think the more no- the ones that bear discussion are Graham Gano, still with that ankle. I, I mean, I have to assume that he's okay to kick if they haven't made a move yet. I don't even think that there's a kicker on the practice squad, so I, th- I think yeah, I think we're fine there. But it still bears watching. Um, but it is interesting that they didn't even bring one to the practice squad. As far as I've read, I mean, I'm not had a busy week and all, but I feel like I would have noticed that. I didn't see anything either, no. Um, and Aziz Ojolari popping up there with a hamstring injury again is notable, I think. Mm, sure. Uh, he, again, I'm, him being limited in practice is not something I'll ever give a shit about. It's always going to be game time for me. I don't. There was a period of time where Ahmad Bradshaw did walkthroughs on Fridays only, and he brought 110% on Sunday. Ne- I never gave a shit that he missed practice. So, um, but it's notable that he's already on the injury report with a yeah. hamstring. Yeah. Um. All right. When it comes to this game, my real quick one-two punch on offense. Uh, stop dicking around and protect Daniel Jones. Whatever the plan is at left tackle, help him with Bellinger. I don't care if it's Matt Parrott or Andrew Thomas. You make that decision. You put Bellinger over there and you fucking help him. On the right side, start using running backs for chips or whatever, but they can run block. Do your do your running on the right side. as much as you, Whatever power running you want to do, run to the right side. Get behind Glowinski and Neal. That's what they're good at. This defense is only moderately talented, but they are physical and they were downhill. So do not become one-dimensional whether it's running or passing don't be one-dimensional they will be flying downhill that i can promise based on what i've watched uh defensively i think this is straightforward put the boots to him okay confuse and beat the shit out of josh dobbs do not take your foot off the gas 
play responsibly because the Cardinals are already using and we're going to continue to use while Josh Dobbs has to be the quarterback a lot of short tricky and and field reversey kind of things to make up for the fact that they suck right now so that's my those are my talk my my matchup uh that's my game plan this is a Wink Martindale defense and this is the all the stars are lining for if you want to see a Wink Martindale defense at its best this is it against a backup quarterback who can be easily confused. He's only been on the team for two weeks. It's not like he even had a whole training camp or anything with them. This is where you have to just bring, bring the house with exotic stuff, different things all the time, different looks. Um, if we see, you know, we look at the stat sheet after this game and we only see, you know, one sack and only, you know, a, a low number of hits, quarterback hits, that's going to be very disappointing. This is the opportunity where, you know, with the problems we've had on offense last week, it a, a a coming out party for this defense should happen this week. It has to happen this week. All like I said, all the stars are aligned for them to be very successful. They need to be. This Arizona team stinks. This Arizona team is thinking about next year's draft and doing the rebuild. Um. There's no excuse for this this defense to look pedestrian uh, against this bad team. I think that the Giants win this game, but this is one for uh, this is one for the <laughs> Alzheimer's portion of your life. Um, <laughs> I think they win sixteen to nine and potentially have a defensive score in that sixteen. You know when you go to a bar grump and there's like, let's say we're in some place, in the, you know, we're in Fayetteville, Arkansas, so they have no skin in the game for a local team, and you walk into, you know, uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. They have every game on, and they have these nice big TVs, and then they have that one TV in the corner, no sound, it might not even be a color TV, it might be a black and white TV. That's where this game probably would go, <laughs> for most people. This is going to be unattractive you know again you have a backup quarterback on a very bad team you have an offense on the other team that you know took a shot in the nuts and has to first regain confidence and then regain some sense of execution testosterone Uh, yeah yeah exactly so i agree with you I, i i still think that you know i'm not ready to say i'm not ready in one week to say well the giants are a team i think can you know, be a playoff team to a team that's on Arizona's level. I don't believe that. We have more talent than they do. We have the better qu- quarterback. Um, you know, we have a co- we we have the, the the matchup in coaching again. It's a coach with his second NFL game ever. He's coaching. Um, I think it's going to be really ugly. Uh, I don't think we're going to see a whole lot of yardage for either team. Um, but I think that we will come away with, with a win with a similar score to yours. I'm going to say, I'm going to give this a 17, 17, 10 giants win. As a reminder, when we did our pens and pencils, guesses and predictions, we both had this one in permanent marker or something of that variety. Um, yeah. Currently, right now, uh, Philadelphia is hosting the Minnesota Vikings. The last I saw, they were up 27 to, I think, 14. Um, 
with I mean Minnesota's moving the ball on them, but I had this already written down as a Philly win. Yeah, I, I turned it off right before we started recording, and I think it was twenty-seven-seven. I think when I said there was just up, they Hertz just threw a bomb. Um, hey, let me ask you one question, Grub. While we're talking about them, that little like fourth and inches player or goal line thing where they do that little scrum. Mm-hmm. Why don't more teams do that? No, I mean they are now. That more teams are you saw? Yeah, well, the so court? I mean, like it's also yeah. I mean, I see it in college too now. Um, yeah, I, I spread like wildfire because it makes sense when you play when you play to four downs. Uh, you know, it, it, it more more good things happen when you play third and two, knowing that you have four downs. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like if you take deep shots on third and two, knowing that you can just push the quarterback two yards, uh, more good things tend to happen. Uh, and also, just if you have a good sustainable offense where finally the defense just barely were able to get you under control but it's fourth and one just go for it because Mm -hmm. if you get it you just demoralize them like that was their big victory they finally got out of that drive no um and i know that's how i feel as a fan when it happens to me um so i mean the methodology makes sense whether or not it's bullshit i don't know but it certainly makes things less fun to watch yeah it's just it's almost like an automatic I mean, I, I don't know what the stats were and how many times they ran it last year, but I don't recall, you know, certainly not against us. We didn't stop it. Yeah. Um, Washington is traveling to Mile High to play the Denver Broncos. Uh, interesting, the Broncos only lost by one point to Vegas. Uh, it was a pretty exciting game. Russell Wilson looked a little bit more Russell Wilson-y. I still think Washington wins this game. Ooh, interesting. Going out to Denver, huh? So, I, I look, you know, I've already watched Washington because I watched Washington in Arizona uh, as mm-hmm. prep for this episode. Um, but Sam Howell did a lot of really stupid things in that game. But this Arizona defense, for what they are, they are very aggressive, very downhill. Uh, and it kind of just forced him to do silly things. But one of the more dumb things he was, he was consistently throwing like these super risky tight window throws. And he got burned on a couple. He got away with a couple. Uh, I just think from what I've seen from Denver's pass coverage this year, they're a little bit more loose in coverage. And there will be less of those tight window mistakes. Uh, you know, I also think they're a little bit less aggressive of a defense. So I think those those big Sam Howell mistakes are not going to be there. That said, Washington's defense is very good, uh, and I still don't really love Denver. So I, I don't think that this is going to be a blowout or anything, but I think Washington still wins. I think I think it's a lot to ask for a first-year quarterback or a rookie quarterback to go into a place like Mile High, you know, regardless of what Denver is. The, 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 the two things of, you know, the really loud crowd and the altitude, I think, are factors. And I, you know, maybe if this game was that altitude nine, shit is real. That, yeah, is, that, that is real. So I, I mean, when I went there, I, I quite literally it was the first time I could ever remember like having to stop going up the steps for to catch my breath. Yeah. And granted, I had the very last seats, but I think that only speaks to my point. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, I, I and. Maybe in week seven or eight, when Howell's had a few games under his belt and we have a better sense of what he is, I think I I might consider um, uh, Washington, but I don't think just yet. I'm, I'm going to go with Denver. Dallas is hosting the New York Jets, led by Zach Wilson and your mom. Um, Dallas Cowboys. 
Uh, I mean, it, it's not even so much a, like who's better. It's that that defense against Zach Wilson just. Uh, well, that defense against that offensive line. I mean, this, yeah, that's that's this, really this, it. The story this offseason wasn't, well, the Giants' offensive line is really bad. It was the Jets' offensive line is really bad. And, you know, are they going to kill Aaron Rodgers? I mean, I made a bet in Vegas last week when we were out there for Jets under nine and a half wins because I didn't think Aaron Rodgers would play a full season. Not because he's all brittle, but I thought this offensive line would kill him. Now, you know, I I don't think that was the exact circumstance what happened, but the, the point is their offensive line is not good. And what we saw from Dallas, you know, it could be a long night for, 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 um, for the jets. So I'm going with, with, with Dallas in this as well. And that about is it. So we will be watching separately on Sunday at four o'clock and there will be an episode for you Tuesday morning and give ourselves a whole 24 hours to rewatch the game, collect ourselves, not be super reactive to the game. So episode Tuesday morning on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, and of course YouTube. And you can follow us during the game on Twitter at football underscore brump and at the cranky fan. Until next week, go Giants. Go Giants.